All right, we are back. Episode 61, Lost of the Shuffle, and we have a very special guest today. We have Jeff Francoeur. What's up, Jeff? What's up, man? How are you? Sorry, I should have done a better intro than that. We should have said Gold Glove winner Jeff Francoeur. How about that? I like you know what? I like that, but I'm I'm easy to please, so you can just drop Frenchie my name and we can roll. Perfect. Nice and easy going, low maintenance. I like it, Jeff. Thank you for uh, for joining me today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I saw you like liked one of my posts or something, or you started following me, and then I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, it's Jeff Frank yeah. Like, let me reach out to this guy. If he's <laughs> if he saw some of my stuff, at least he'll he'll know who he's talking to, you know? Absolutely, man. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed following some of the stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy good, good comedy people that, uh, you know, tell it like it is. So it, it was, uh, it was fun to follow. Refreshing, right? That's what I'm told. That's the best yeah. word. Refreshing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my job. I do a lot of content stuff for Playmaker for my own brand as well. Um, for everybody watching, this is uh, Jeff Francoeur. Jeff was called up in 2005 um, with the Braves organization, played many years with them, was actually on the cover of Sports Illustrated. They called him the natural. So he had a very good rookie season. We're going to talk about that stuff too um, as well. So let's just get right into it, Jeff, okay? First question I got here for you. Obviously, you were a part of a group called the baby Braves, bunch oh, yeah. of rookie players. I think you guys had like 17 maybe rookies on that team, and you guys were nicknamed the baby Braves, and you guys were dominant. Um, you guys brought the Braves their 14th division title in 2005. My question is, what similarities do you see with that team that you were a part of and this young Braves lineup today? Well, first off, I hope the Braves can continue it and not break the streak like the baby Braves did the next year when we screwed it all up down Atlanta <laughs> six. But no, you know, it's fun, man. There's a lot of young guys. I was talking to, you know, Brian McCann's one of my closest friends. We were both 21 when we came up and we were talking about it because, you know, Vaughn Grissom, Michael Harris, those guys, Spencer Schroeder, you know, they have no idea what, what they're doing. I mean, I mean, they do, but but they have no idea how cool it is, the opportunity they have. Because when you're in the moment and you're 21 years old, man, you just don't even think about it. You think you're going to be back, you're going to be back. But I will tell you, the one cool thing about the Braves organization is they do a great job in the minor leagues of preparing you how to play when you get to the big leagues. So we played a lot of teams coming up. You know, they would do <clears throat> different stuff throughout a game. We played the game the exact way in single A that Bobby Cox was going to want you to do when you got to the big leagues. And so there was no surprises when you get up. Uh, I remember when I got called up, I got into Bobby's office uh, the morning of my call up. The day we had a day-night doubleheader, and he said, well, you got two, in a, two weeks to show me what you can do. And, I mean, you talk about pressure at the same time. Right. But you appreciated the opportunity, and he was being truthful. You know, I, I'm going to give you a chance to run you out there for two weeks, and and show me what you can do. But, you know, these guys are so talented that come up now, not just on the Braves, but these other teams. It's it's so much fun to watch, um, you know. And whether it's a good thing, it's a bad thing. You know, a lot of these guys have played baseball and baseball only for a long time, so they're a lot more polished coming up than I think a lot of guys were back in the day that were two, three-sport sport athletes. Yeah, so – 
Um, like you said, you had a lot of pressure coming up. You said two weeks, you're pretty much given that notice. Like, Hey, you got two weeks to show me. Do you think your approach at at the plate, um, was influenced by hearing that stuff? Because, you know, you're, 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 you're looking fastball. You're a little bit of a, uh, you know, a free swinger. You can say it a hundred percent. You know, I was, uh, I was ready to hit man the moment I came up, but you know that it's it's a double-edged sword you know when you're going good it's great you can hit anything that's thrown up there you feel you know 10 feet tall and bulletproof i will say you know one thing i wish that i had now back then is more of kind of the scouting reports of of how people would attack you what areas they would attack you and i think that could have helped me i think i would have cut down on some things but you know even just god that was what 18 17 years ago when i came up the game's changed so much now mm-hmm. with scouting reports. I mean, I couldn't even imagine having like, you know, video on the dugout where you're sitting there looking at what was going on. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes you get a young pitcher coming up, man. You got nothing. You know, it's like watch right. warm up and go get them. And now it's completely different. So, you know, there's plus and minuses. But I, I do wish I had some of that stuff today to help me out. Yeah, we're looking at spin rates now. We're looking at all this kind of advanced uh, stats and metrics. Um, yep. And I don't even know, maybe, do you think the, the approach of a, of a player now is different back then? Because, you know, a lot of the stuff now is launch angle and getting the ball up as opposed to like, you know, when I was growing up, it's like line drive. Everyone wants to hit a line drive. So do you think that approach is different with all that stats and all those advanced metrics? I think it is. And I think, unfortunately, it's harmful for some people. You know, I, I really do. I, you know. Kyle Wright for the Braves has won 20 games this year. He's been outstanding. They try to get him to pitch at the top of the zone early on, the last few years. Well, let me break it to you. Kyle at 94, 95 at the top of the zone is not smart. It's just Mm -hmm. not. It kind of reminds me, you want to talk about the Phillies, Nick Pavetta. You know, they'd always want him to go to the top of the zone. I'm like, why in the world would you want a pitcher that throws a straight fastball (laughs) in Philadelphia, right? In Philly throwing the ball it's just stupidity to me i'm sorry i I don't know whose idea that was Mm -hmm. uh you know but now with that being said kyle wright gets strikeouts up here because he relies heavy on the sink so there's certain guys that can do it certain guys that can't and i think you have to do what your strength is but you can't the one thing i will say about the game that i argue with a lot of guys everybody is completely different and you cannot Mm -hmm. treat kyle wright the same you treat you know Spencer Strider or somebody for the breaks are different pitchers, different people. So you got to find out what works for you. Sure. Uh, And we're going to get into a little bit more of uh, the game, the state of the game today as well. Uh, But the next thing I, uh, next thing I wanted to talk to you about was one of my favorite events, the world baseball classic. Now you and your teammate Chipper Jones got to represent team USA in 2006, just so cool. So I want to know what that experience is like because we have it coming again next year, and I and I love it so much. So tell me just a little bit about what the World Baseball Classic is like. Well, it's awesome. And, you know, the, the cool thing for me is my, my next-door neighbor is the manager this year, uh, Mark DeRosa, coming up. So we're neighbors. Oh, D-Ro. He's D-Ro, always on yeah. MLB, yeah. Yeah, so we're neighbors, and and we golf all the time. And But he's so excited. You know, he played in it too, and now to be able to manage – it's cool because in baseball, we just don't have any international competition. You know, we <clears throat> we really don't. When you look at basketball gets to do the Olympics, you know, uh, you know, all the other sports, fo- football doesn't. But, you know, to get to represent your country where USA crossed the chest. And for me, as 22 years old, man, 
when I went and played in this thing and I'm walking in the clubhouse and I see Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey Jr., Roger. Oh, boy. Looks like uh, Jeff cut out. Um, we're going to work on getting back here. Um, Jeff cut out real quick. He was in the middle of telling us about the World Baseball Classic. We'll get him back on here in a second. I'm sure he will rejoin in a second. He was just talking about the World Baseball Classic. Seeing Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey Jr. So, exciting stuff. Um, I think he probably just got a phone call or something. Here he is. There he is. Hey, can you see me? I can't see you, but I, I it's just a black screen. Uh, what the heck? Did my did my internet maybe go out at the hotel? There might be a uh, a cam button that says like start camera. Cut Jeff a break, guys. This is uh, one of his first times doing this, so. There might be a camera button at the bottom that says start camera or start camera. It's gone again. We are working on getting Jeff back uh, into the pod. He's having some technical difficulties. This is live television. Not TV, but it's internet. Um, yeah, so Jeff was just talking to us about World Baseball Classic, Ken Griffey Jr., Derek Jeter, everyone he got to see. He represented Team USA at the age of 22. We got him back. There we go. There he is. He's back. I think my internet actually went out at the hotel, so I had to re-get in. Man, I got to write a letter or something. We're in the middle of talk about Ken Griffey Jr. and Derek Jeter, 22 years old at the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, and man, you walk into that. Imagine, I, I mean, I'm a I'm a baseball lifey, man. I grew up. My dad grew up outside of Boston, so he's a huge Red Sox fan. So we, I grew up watching between the Braves and Red Sox, all these different guys. And then Jason Veritek was in there, you know, who I grew up watching. And of course, I mean, I, I can't forget Chipper. I mean, I, I know I played with him in Atlanta, but chance to hang out with him with all these other guys. And probably the coolest moment for me, obviously, besides playing baseball, was when we got knocked out. I flew on a plane with Jeter, Clemens, and Chipper back from L.A. to Tampa. And I mean, you so talk a nice about long flight. Yeah. Five, five hours of just getting, you know, listening to the stories and stuff, man. It was it was incredible. And, it, hey, it wasn't a commercial flight. Let's put it that way. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah. You guys got to do whatever you wanted to on there, I'm sure. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, 
to this year's uh, World Baseball Classic. Obviously, like you said, your neighbor, Mark DeRosa, is going to manage that team. Yep. Very happy. He's Is he, like, as cool in person as he is on TV? Well, you know, I hate to say it because, you know, I know I have to. But, yes, he is. He, yeah. He's so much. You know, we have so much fun. We got a great group of guys that we play golf with. And, you know, he's got uh, two kids, one a daughter at Auburn now, and he's got a little boy who's in seventh grade playing baseball. So it's, you know, we have a lot of fun. We play ball with the kids in the streets, my little guy. And so, uh, you know, he I was happy for him because he's he's tinkered about managing before. He's, he's obviously very knowledgeable about the game. And I think this will be a good opportunity for him to see if he wants to do it. Yeah, absolutely. He just seems like such a cool cat on TV. He does talk about his kids because he does coach his child's uh, baseball team too, right? He's always flying back and forth. Oh yeah, but but I think he wanted to pull back because he he he's a perfect example of parents pissed him off enough that he's like, geez, I can't please anybody. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, so also I wanted to see how well you knew your own um stats and little uh nuggets right so I was, right. i'm from i'm from chicago uh i live in jersey now but i got my bear sweatshirt on and my cubs hat why would that. the why are the cubs integral to your career especially starting your career well because glendon rush decided to hang me a three-two change up and he will forever be my favorite player in the big leagues because of that and first he lets me know every huh your first hit Yes, but what I tell people is, look, yes, I, my career got off to a magical start. But one pitch can shape things, man. I was 0 for 3 with two strikeouts my first game going into my last at bat. And it was a 3-2 count. And he hangs me that changeup and I hit a home run. So I was also one strike away from the hat trick. Sure, sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Wrigley Field couldn't keep the ball in. Yeah, that was a doubleheader the second game. Um, yeah, it was late in the seventh, eighth inning, something like that. And yeah. you, yeah, knocked it out of the park. And then the following year we go to Wrigley and that was when Zimbrano and Barrett got in the brawl. Pinelli got kicked out during that day game and went nuts. And I, I look over at center field and Andrew Jones starting walking in and I'm like, what's he walking in for? And I turn around and all of a sudden I see freaking bottles coming right out of the stands at us. And I started running it. Yeah. Yeah. 40 minute delay. It was great. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, your faith because I saw in your profile has Joshua one nine yep. without, without showing everybody my big fat belly. I actually have it tattooed on my ribs, wow. Joshua one nine. So I was like, this wow. is almost like, you know, one of those things that kind of like, wow, what are the chances of that? So yeah. Um, just, just want you to touch on like how your faith has kind of played a role in your life or in your career and kind of the, how that shaped you as a man, as a, as a husband, father. Yeah. Like that. Well, I can tell you first off, man, I, I don't know how I would have got through a lot of my career without my faith and, and without my belief in, you know, having a savior that died for us and, and what he's able to, to do. I mean, I, I you know, this game's so tough. You have moments that are tough, but, you know, I had a mom and dad who raised us in a great household. And I remember, you know, so when, when I was in the minor leagues in, 2000, in um, 2004, I got hit in the face with a fastball at, at 97 right here. Oh and I had eight hours of surgery, man. I got two plates in, under my eye, shattered my whole um, nose, um, sinus area. And every, I was in the hospital for two and a half weeks, had to have like 
like I said, extensive surgery. And every day my mom would read that verse to me and says, mm -hmm. you know, then I commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged or afraid for I am the Lord, your God, and will be with you wherever you go. And for me, you know, it just, it, it made, so whenever I went back out to play, I always wore that on my batting gloves. I would toss it to kids, toss it to people. Cause you know, ultimately for me, I love baseball and I love what I do, but I know I played for a higher purpose and, and, mm -hmm. and for a guy. And so for me, it was always one of the things I knew that I was getting to play this game by his grace. Cause if that fastball was about that much more up, I probably would have never played again. I mean, it probably would have right. gone tight and, and took my eyes. So, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, I always like to same reason. I'm sure you have it. Uh, mm. It's a great reminder of, of why we are where we are and the things we have. Yeah. And just to not be afraid and to, uh, yeah, just be courageous. Like that's, you know, just one of those callings, like do the right thing, being courageous, being strong, um, and just knowing that, you know, he's got your back. So yep. I saw that in your profile. I had to bring it up. I thought Thank it was pretty you. cool. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, I want to talk about World Series. Obviously, you played in a World Series um, yeah. yourself in 2010 with the Rangers. Um, are there any parallels between playing in the game and then watching and rooting on the Braves like you did last season? Yeah, I can tell you this. It's it's a lot less stressful when you're sitting in the stands uh, with buddies last really? year. Really? Yeah. You oh, say it's oh. less stressful to watch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, in, 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 in the big scheme of things, man, like, you know, uh, again, like I was diehard. You know, look, I was pulling for the Braves last year, obviously. But at the same time, when you're in the World Series, I mean, every pitch, you're on the top step. When you're in the game, you're in it. And it's just, you know, you dream of winning one your whole life. Mm -hmm. And and don't get me wrong, as a fan, you know, I'm a Falcons fan and I'm still scarred from the 28 to 3 comeback. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> just uh, I don't think I'll ever get over that. Um, yeah. you know, but but as a player, you know, you want to win one so bad, man. I mean, you really do. That's why it's it's amazing to me sometimes in this day and age when you see certain guys. And I'm not going to call them out, but certain guys that, you know, maybe follow the money big time, you know what I'm saying? And, and sure. go to some place where I hate to say it, you know, you're going to suck for six years. Yeah, and yeah. I, I just like for, you know, when you start talking 180 to 160 million, give me 160 million and let me go to a team that's going to going to win. Gonna right. have, isn't that why you play the game? You know, I, I'm here in, in D.C. doing the games. And, you know, I mean, no offense, the Nats won the World Series three years ago. And I've watched in the last two nights. It's it's unbelievable the difference yeah. in this ball club in just three years. And and my whole thing, and look, the Nats were good for a long time. I'm not taking that away. They had a nice run. But it's like, I want to be good. And that's why I love what the Braves have done with Michael Harris, Austin Riley. You know, look, it's not like they signed for cheap money. They, they got a right. good contract. But they know, you know what? We're going to win here in Atlanta. We're going to be good. Isn't that why you play the game? Right. I mean, that that's, and that's how I always felt. And I know a lot of people feel the same way as me, but sometimes, man, some of these people that follow the money, I'm like, go ahead. You can go suck for 10 years somewhere if that's what you really want to do. But for me, when I was in that world series, man, I wanted to win so bad. It obviously didn't happen, but it was fun. Well, that's what I always think is like, when is it enough money? Uh -huh. Right. I mean, you're not taking care of like, 50 people like I want to be able to take care of myself, my wife. And like, I obviously don't have a hundred million dollar contract, but if I was offered that, yeah, I'm good where I'm at. Like my kids are in school. We're going to compete. Like, why do I want to go to California or wherever 
just so I can sit there. You, you like, I don't understand that, but I guess some people, yeah, just want that that big paycheck. You know, maybe is it a uh, like an ego thing too? Like, I'm the highest paid player. Oh, yeah, I, I I definitely think it is for some people, and I and I think at the end of the day, you know, my whole thing with the ego thing, it's like. Do what Jeter did, man. Go win a whole bunch of World Series and become one of the greatest players, leaders of all time. Not mm -hmm. just players, but leaders of a clubhouse. Right. That's what I think you could say about Jeter. Like, was he the greatest shortstop I've ever seen? Not even close. Was he one of the best leaders of a team I've ever seen? 100%. Yeah, and that's where I agree because you know, and he was you know, like the face of baseball for was on every video game, and but yeah, that's that's one of those important things like you mentioned, being a leader of a team, a face of a franchise. Yeah. This kind of just depends on what you're looking for. Um, I want to talk about baseball from the bleachers. You and Chip Carey, you guys move your broadcast booth to the right field stands. How different is that calling a game from the bleachers as opposed from behind home plate? I will tell you this. If you had to do it every game, it would be awful because it is so hard to see the action yeah. the ball coming off. Uh, you know, I remember Austin Riley hit a long fly ball to left field. And, I mean, we didn't know if it was gone or not. You know, from up top, you can tell in two seconds that ball's gone. But I will tell you this, it was cool. We had Brian McCann on with us for the game. You know, we were out there hanging out with the fans. We were, you know, given, given uh, you know, bat, uh, um, gloves and baseballs away to all the kids. It's just a cool way to do a game a couple times a year. And it, it's fun to interact and do it out there. You know, I, I play catch with Michael Harris uh, in the fourth inning from the top. Yeah. So it, it's just something different. You know, we, when you do a lot of games like this, man, every night can become monotonous where you just sit there and it's the same thing. Do the open, do the game. So when you're able to switch it up like that, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And especially where the Braves are now because they're, they're – Oh, boy. Jeff cut out again. One more – one last time. Um, Jeff cut out real quick. He's having some internet issues at the hotel. So he's going to get back on here, I'm pretty sure. He'll be back on shortly. He was just telling us about um, baseball from the bleachers. Him and Chip Carey uh, moved their broadcast booth to the right field bleachers. There he is. I'm back. There, I don't know what the right. heck's going on. Yeah, but so – so it's just cool to be able to do something different, you know, with the fans in a different perspective. Like I said, right now the Braves are getting 40, 41,000 a night, mm -hmm. you know, so that place is electric, you know. It kind of reminds me, honestly, I told someone, they asked me about it, I said, it reminds me of that run in Philly when we would go up to play the Phillies in like 07, 08, 09, 10 with all those guys. And every night, man, there was 40,000 people there. And it's there's no better way to play baseball. Yeah, and that's a really great fan experience too. Like, you know, if you're sitting out in the outfield, fans get to see you, like you said, interacting. I think that just helps build that like camaraderie and like that, you know, fan base atmosphere, you know? 100%. Absolutely. People feel like they're a part of it and they feel like they know you. And that's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, I want to know your thoughts on today's rule changes clocks, batter minimums, robot umpires. I am more of a baseball purist. Um, generally I like the game, how it is. I don't think if you shave off 15 minutes of baseball, you're going to be drawing in new people. I don't think, you know, Oh, baseball's 15 minutes shorter. Of course I'm going to watch 162 games now. So I just want to know your thoughts about all these rule changes coming in and you can talk about which ones you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Well, the first one, I'll tell you the bases. I don't really give a crap either way. I mean, I didn't think that that was that big of a deal. Like if you want to make the base that much bigger, go ahead. You know, like. Right. I, I'm not that worried about that one. 
the pickoff to first base is the dumbest rule I've ever heard. And I'm hoping that that gets changed because it's like you throw over twice. Now, if you throw over a third time, you either got to pick him off or he goes to second base. I mean, what is that? That's not baseball. Um, Now, the two I do like, I hate the shift. I'll go ahead and tell you that right now. And it has nothing to do with analytics. It has nothing to do with me hating on anything. It has everything to do with me not wanting to watch Austin Riley run from third base to right field every six pitches. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure. over it. Just get me two guys and let's play baseball. So I will tell mm-hmm. you that I, I'm, I'm excited for that one. I really am. The pitch, the pitch clock. I will tell you this, that I think you will see a little bit better style of baseball from a standpoint of, you know, I'm not going to call certain guys out again, but there's guys, you know, you watch and it literally takes them a minute to get in the batter's box. And then between sure. pitches, it's 30 seconds. And I don't think it's necessarily going to help gain fans back or be like you said, I want, but I do think it has the ability to keep fans that are on the edge right now. I will tell you this. We did the Nats Braves game Monday night uh, here in Washington. It was an eight, nothing game. And you had two guys, Bryce Elder and Abbott, who were minor league guys all year that had done the pitch clock. Two-hour, 24-minute game. It was 8 nothing. There were tons of hits. There was tons of action. But I felt like, and I and I even, my brother-in-laws both live here, and they're at the game like, man, that, that was good. It was a smooth game. It went quick. I, nobody has a problem with three hours. What I got a problem with is when these games go three hours and 48 minutes, and it's a three-to-two ball game. Like, mm-hmm. to me, to me, that just gets out of control. Now, I will tell you this. During the playoffs, I don't like the pitch clock. I think you should bang it during the playoffs and just let them play. Because let's be honest, if your team is in the playoffs, you don't care if you're there two and a half hours or three and a half hours. Right. Right? You're there. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching at home, you ain't turning off in the seventh inning if it's a 3-2 three, three ball game. Right. So, But I don't think they're going to – force it to to this like certain extent i've heard from numerous guys that it's not going to be like 15 seconds that's a ball you know 15 Mm -hmm. seconds that's a strike but i think what they want to do is have a sense of urgency with some of these people and between parameters yeah and between me and you there's a lot of pitchers that could probably use the pitch clock as far as it would not let them think as much they get the ball they throw it they get the ball they throw it and i always tell people too you keep your defense involved man if I'm sitting in right field like I was all those years and I got a guy that is just, I mean, a human <laughs> rain delay on the mound, yeah. I'll be honest with you, I checked out half the time. I'm like, well, this is brutal. Right. I mean, you're yeah. just – it's tough. So I, I don't want it to be where it takes away from the game. But I will tell you this. I've talked to all the guys that have gone to the minor leagues, all the guys that have had rehabs down there and come back, and they're like, man, this is a good thing. This really is. The pitch clock does not put any – it does not change the way the game's played, and it's speeding it up by 20 minutes. And, and I know it doesn't seem like a lot. You're a baseball guy. So mm. am I. We don't care. If I got to right. be there three hours, 20 minutes, I got to be there. But I know this. When I bring my kids to the game, they're nine, seven, four, and 2. You only yeah. got so long before they're checked out. Yeah. I only got a certain amount of juice boxes, you know? <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. After, yeah. after six Cokes and popcorn, dude, you're gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Cotton candy's uh, wrapped up. So um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, 
I wanted to know, because I think different people have different views on this. If Aaron Judge hits 62 home runs this season, is he the single-season home run leader champion? Uh, I mean, I, I, I would – yeah. I, I would yeah. say so from a standpoint of I'm still the guy that says – Hank Aaron's all-time, you know, home run champion. I'm mm-hmm. from Atlanta, so I'm biased, but um, I mean, I, I would say so. He's got every right to it. I'll tell you this, and, and I'll tell you, man. I hope he breaks it. Uh, I'm pulling like heck for him. These people need to stop walking him, dude. Like the Blue yeah. Jays. Come on, man. You're, you're, Nobody wants to give it up. Blue Jays, you're two and a half, three games up in the first wild card. Just let him hit a bomb and be done yeah. with it. Uh, no, but you know, I he, he's a guy that. Let's be honest, man. He's great for baseball. He's everything you want in a baseball player. He shows up. He plays hard. You know, he he good family guy. Like you can root for that. Mm-hmm. I I agree. Um, I think it's hard not to recognize. I think he's having one of the best seasons ever. And in a contract year too, where you bet on yourself. Um, have you ever been in a situation like that, Jeff? Where it's you know a contract year, you bet on yourself. You're not signing. Have, have you ever experienced anything like that? What's that like? Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun until you suck like I did twice, and then you don't get what you want. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. it's it, you know what, man? It's he he he's got. Look, I always tell people this too. You work your whole life to get to free agency, and and you know what? Maybe I, I know he grew up out in the bay. You know, I know there's a lot of talk about him going out there other places. You know, so who knows what he wants to do? But I do know that he's bet on himself. He bet on himself in the right way. And he's gone out there and continued to handle it. Not only that, man, the way he handled the negotiations in spring training, I thought were outstanding. He didn't let it become a distraction. You know, he just kind of was like, hey, we're going to, you know, I'm going to move on. I'm going to play this year. I'm going to be focused for the team. And, I mean, he's done that and more. So, he's in a good spot. Beautiful. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to see kind of how this season unfolds for him and the Yankees. Um, This is our last segment, Jeff. I appreciate uh, this so much, but we're going to do a rapid fire, okay? Come on. I'm just going to ask you questions, and you do a rapid fire. Here we go. Rapid fire. Best player in the game today? Uh, God, right. I'll say Aaron Judge right now. Aaron Judge. Walk-off home run or robbing a home run to end the game? Ooh, Robbing a home run, man, because that oh. makes it hurt. Oh, it makes it hurt. <laughs> the robbery. Beer or cocktail? Cocktail. Cocktail. What kind of cocktail? Jack and ginger with lime. I'm I'm a true Southern boy, man. Jack man, and I like it. Best pitcher you've ever faced? Roy Halliday. God bless his soul. Was one of the most amazing competitors and pitchers you've ever seen. A 2031 fastball felt like an actual just bowling ball coming at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, your greatest professional accomplishment. Wow. That's, that's, that's something, you know, what my greatest professional accomplishment for me was, was going back to El Paso in 2014, grinding three and a half months in the minor leagues after eight and a half years in the big leagues and coming back to the big leagues for, you know, four more years for, for me, that, that made it all worthwhile. Shows your resilience and everything like that, right? Yep. Grit, man. I had to, I had to dig deep. The grit. Um, your greatest personal accomplishment? Uh, having my four kids. Beautiful. Number one, dad. Last one. Best piece of advice you can give any young player? Oh, man, I love this one. And thank you for asking me that. Because the best advice I can give any young player, man, 
is go out and play baseball, play football, play basketball, play golf, play all the sports you possibly can because you never know which one you're going to be good at. I hate specialized sports at eight years old, man. I, I, I can't mm -hmm. stand it. I think we're, we need to give these kids every opportunity to play. And another thing I'll tell you, man, that I tell all these kids, have fun. Good Lord, yeah. when you're 11, 12 at a perfect game tournament, instead of worrying, you know, putting pressures on kids to perform, go have fun with your friends, man. Play baseball and enjoy it because it goes quick, man. I, I've already got a daughter who's nine years old and I'm coaching her in travel ball. And I think, man, my daughter's already halfway basically gone before she goes to college. And so, mm -hmm. you know, enjoy the time you have. To the young guys in the big leagues, I tell them too. I said, enjoy it because in 15 years you're going to be doing what I'm doing and calling games. Yes. But you no, know, I, I think that's the greatest thing. Tell all these kids play as many sports as you can, man, and have fun with it because ultimately that's what you want. The memories of having fun. If you get to the big leagues, awesome. Chances are you're not going to. So enjoy the moments you have with your buddies in middle school and high school. Absolutely. Um, Jeff, I'm going to end this. Stick around just so I could say goodbye to you. But um, everybody, this has been episode 61, Lost in the Shuffle. We thank Jeff Francoeur. Make sure you listen to him, Braves Broadcast. Jeff, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking to us and giving us some sage knowledge that you have from the big leagues, talking about your playing days. Oh, and he's gone. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We will be back next time. Thanks again. See you later.